24 hours a day, 7 days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Wake up, sleepyheads. It's party time! Yeah, this is the old Nooster coming at you right here on this fine, fine Rocktober morning. It's the sweeping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and I'm going to do it to you right here, right now. Whoa! Just moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and changed right loud. I knew I'd moved in a haunted house. Still, I made up in my mind to stay. Nothing was gonna drive me away. When I seen something to give me the creep, had one big eye and a two big feet. Hey, look what I found in the Monco Radio storage closet. Wow, it's a dusty box full of records. Cool! ACDC, Motley Crue, Kiss. This stuff is great. What's this one? It's heavy, like twice as heavy as the rest of them. Look, it says right here, scratched in the vinyl, Sammy Kerr. Sammy Kerr? He was big back in the 80s. My dad was a fan. I heard he was supposed to play here at Monco, but he was killed in a freaky fire or something. Let's listen to it. And you got it. I am Matt Porter, and you are here for the October issue of The Kiss Room. We've got all kinds of things to talk about. We've got people to talk about. But first, I'm going to start you off with a song that is sure to get your blood pumping here on a Kiss Room Friday on Mako Radio, where music and minds meet.
right, Kiss Army. If that didn't get your blood pumping, I don't know what's going to. You are joining us in the Kiss Room for the October issue. And joining me here in the studio, Bobby Dreyer. Yeah. Which everybody who just listened to Harem, a nice hour of some Van Halen. We had a good time uh, with that. a nice little tie in there. A little bit of Kiss, a little bit of Van Halen, a little bit of Gene Simmons. We're off bit. to a good start. And also joining us back in the Kiss Room, Peter Arquette from Ooh. the Kiss Asylum. Woo! Oh, Welcome God. back, Peter. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Bobby. I haven't seen you in so long. Oh, my God. You probably have my credit card number <laughs> memorized more than I do. Now, the nice thing is I did run into Peter. We went to, if you listen last month to the Kiss Room, we talked about going to the Mahoning Valley Drive-In for the Detroit Rock City screening, which included a special secret movie, which we'll also talk about that. But I ran into Peter. It was nice. We had a great time. There were so many people there in Kiss makeup. What do you think of that event? It was uh, more Kiss-related than I thought. I thought it would be more just kind of like, oh, your casual rock fan would come. But no, it, it attracted a lot of diehards in the area. And I went and I, you know, I do photography, so I went and talked and oh, photographed cool. a lot of the kids in makeup. But, yeah, a lot of makeup, a lot of younger, uh, younger meaning people in their 20s, <laughs> uh, late 20s. Uh, in makeup, which was kind of cool to see. You know what? Shout out Virgil Cardamone and their whole staff. That was really a fun, fun event. Uh, you know, it really, we had a perfect night. It was really, it was so funny. I'll tell you this was, we're sitting there and right in the, the as the secret, you could probably guess if you listened last month, the secret feature, they played Attack of the Phantoms. They're not allowed to say they were going to play Attack of the Phantoms, but everybody who was listening last month, if you listen to the Kiss Room, I think we dropped enough hints that you had to be able to figure it out. But here's one of the things. I'm sitting there and we're outside watching on this giant screen and I'm not kidding you when Peter was singing Beth a shooting star went shooting across the sky I by the how about that no, right I saw that too wasn't that astonishing it was like where you're crazy. like wow it was like all the planets aligning for us to have the best night like you said there was a ton of people in makeup families People hanging out. Again, shout out. Mahoning Valley Drive-In. I know that they have all kind of Halloween events coming up. It was the most fun event. And it was really just a blast. The funny thing is, now, now for those of you that listened last month, I wasn't sure at the time, but they actually played Attack of the Phantoms, which is not the TV version. Now, everybody that's familiar with the two versions, they're quite a bit different. The editing is different. There's different scenes there's missing scenes a lot of the music is gone replaced by the solo album so if you've only ever seen the attack of the phantoms the version on kissology for instance probably the one scene that really throws me off the most if you think about the first time that kiss shows melissa the talisman Ooh, mystical. What is that? It's Beethoven's Fifth. That line's cut out where they take out Ace's line. That's Beethoven's Fifth. Ha! You know, that's <laughs> gone. But that scene where they explain what the talisman are and why it's important is after the scene where Stan Sam steals the talisman. So if you watch Attack of the Phantoms, Sam sneaks into the Kiss bungalow. And we talked about last time Courtney had the best line when he pulls the box out and says, this is a Vinnie Vincent box set with something in oh, it. And, but the, that scene where Sam steals the talisman is earlier in the movie. So really, we don't. if you didn't know, you wouldn't know what they were. Right. And that, that's, I thought that was sitting there and watching that going, somebody really didn't plan that edit very well. Uh, most of the scenes with the with the solo album music, I think, actually doesn't work as well in most of the segments as really the cheesy seventies. Right? It's you know, and it's funny how in the end 
and and I would love for people to give uh, feedback on this. Was in the end they play. First of all, they take out the line where Abner gets retired, and as he's walking away and hears, "Kiss tonight, kiss tonight." They cut that yeah, out. That was like the tagline of the whole movie. And, and yeah. you know what? And plus the fact, I always feel like that's where he really slips into the madness. Because now, not only has he just been fired, but it's Kiss tonight. And he's hearing this ringing in his ears. In the TV version, that's like a pinnacle scene. Yeah, because that's what you see on his expression on his face. That's what he, he's conjuring up the idea of making the rope. Because as he's walking, he's depressed, but then all of a sudden he gets just a small smile on his face. Because he's the only person in that movie who's a real actor. Right. <laughs> and, and it's funny because then at the end, and obviously, look, 40-something-year-old spoiler <laughs> if you haven't seen the end, but the, the ending is really weird because it's like now, okay, Abner, they say, okay, Abner, he was a genius or whatever, and he's sitting there and he looks all old. But then in, on the credits, they cut to shots of like him smiling. It's almost like this poor evil genius. Let's look at his life. What could have been? And they're playing like Mr. Make-Believe or whatever. And it's like you kind of go like, he's not the hero of the movie. It's Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another thing before I forget. Uh, the talisman scene you talked about when he, uh, on Attack of the Phantoms, the European version, they actually reshot when it, his hands are picking it up. They reshot that. People don't believe me. I say, go look at it. But it's reshot. It's different background, and they, it has a glow behind it. And there's different lighting on it. And there's a smoke machine. Yeah, it's a smoke machine. It's totally too. different. That's the funniest part. You go like of all the scenes in the movie that they thought, you know what? We really could really uh, spice this up with lights on the talisman and maybe like a little bit of smoke. And you know, it's it is. Yeah, they, they went back and re, yeah. It, the rest of the movie, they were like deleted scenes, but that was actually, they went back and reshot that for because they thought it was really important. And there's a couple alternate angles where, like, you know, uh, you can, yeah. like, a wider shot, you're seeing a little bit more of the lab in a couple of them. There's yeah. that one whole sequence where it shows Abner building the robots, and again, almost like he's the hero, you know, like, let's really focus on him, which I thought was weird. And I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where uh, watching it, and first of all, seeing it on the big screen like that was really a treat. I mean, and even Detroit Rock City as, as well was like, you know, that movie is so loaded with funny things, but super geeky kiss references that, you know, but it was such a treat seeing it on a drive-in movie theater. And, but the, yeah, the Attack of the Phantoms, that was, I sat there through most of it, kind of more editing it in my mind going, how come that's like that? You know, why is that scene, you know... Who thought that was a good idea? But, you know, it really was a blast. So, look, if there's a drive-in theater near you, encourage them to be as cool as the Mahoning Valley drive-in and play Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. But maybe, just maybe, the TV version. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really funny. It's one of those things where, obviously, around this time of year, Halloween, you can't think of Halloween and not think Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park and not think at least one viewing of that. Uh, you know, that's something. But that was a real treat. So that's coming up. But the uh, the other big news, obviously, since the last time we've all talked, is Kiss has announced this gigantic Destroyer box set. Now, obviously, everybody listening... Uh, well, if there you listen went to $200 Podcast, on my Amazon account. <laughs> you know, and that's the funny thing. If you listen to Podcast number 191, which just dropped... This week, as the kids say, um, Ken and Gary gave like a super, super breakdown. So we won't go through every one of them. But needless to say, it's loaded with some unreleased tracks, 
It's loaded with some unreleased release tracks, things that came out on other Kiss box sets. And there's this Live from Paris, 1976, which has floated around as a bootleg for a long time. I'm just hoping it's a much better quality copy than the 100th generation cassette <laughs> that I have. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> but the, uh, so that was really one of the things. Now, when you saw that come out, what do you think? They released that and they, they're telling you it's like four discs. What do you and think? A DVD and, and, a and everything DVD. else. And, you know, to me, it, it was kind of that thing. And I got to say, the thing that, you know, I'm glad Peter's here. I heard Iron On in there. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you hear that and you know we're the only ones who know what a freaking Iron On is. And they're like, <laughs> well, then you got you to go find a Meet the Press that has one of those giant you know, presses, sh- right? Yeah, like you get on Wildwood's Boardwalk and, you know, we got to, like, you know, get your crap together t-shirt that you bought on, you know. But it, it was like, oh, I have to get this. There, right. There's things in here. My, my, you know, seventh grade me just went, I need to get this. Do mm-hmm. I need it? No, but I need to have this. And $200, remember, is actually cheaper to an adult than it was seven or eight bucks was to a kid to buy the album back, yeah. back in the 70s. I, I, I mean, God, so going go to war, you know, it was like, oh, God, I got to cut four yards to get this. Now it's like, <laughs> I got room left on my credit card. Well, you know, it's super smart. It's going to be, it's pre-ordered now, but it's going to release in November. I know that will be my Christmas present. Madison, Amy, Julia, if you're listening, Dad wants that for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. It's a lot of stuff. Like you said, the iron-on a bunch of posters, all that kind of stuff. But there are unreleased songs, things that I hope are going to show up in really good quality. Uh, there's that Beth remix that already leaked onto YouTube. They posted it themselves, which I was surprised. Because in my mind, I think that's one of the real keepers. I want that. I really want a copy yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Oddly enough, and it's funny, we're talking about Phantom of the Park, but it's not like the acoustic Phantom of the Park version. It really just sounds like a remixed destroyer one like i want the acoustic one that's in phantom of the park which is different you know um this isn't my story you know who ken sharp is sure yeah yeah the the great wonderful author of so many kiss books he told me this isn't something in rumor he told me directly he said when he was a kid his mother worked in the uh music industry somehow he said during the destroyer tour he's you know he was a kid back then he's a couple years older than the rest of us but um he got to see their sound check and he said they in Philadelphia he said he saw them rehearse an acoustic version of Beth swear to God wow. and you know that's not again you should if Ken ever comes here that's his story I don't like to tell other people's story but it was just that's just blew my mind that they were considering that you know think about that at that time Beth would have been just a monster hit so obviously that would have been great. I mean, and you wonder if any recordings of that exist would have to be holy grail kind of stuff. I love the fact that a lot of the stuff that's on the one disc in this box set, like things like Mad Dog, Howlin' for Your Love, Rock and Roll Royce, you know, they're things that float around as bootlegs or even they were in that bigger box set from 2001. But you get to hear those germs of ideas that became, you know, Flaming Youth or whatever. And it's like, uh, you know, you hear that bound. Oh, and I and I, I apologize. It was a 
electric version, electric guitar version. And again, that's why I shouldn't tell, tell <laughs> other people's stories because I'm already getting it wrong. I apologize. But yes, Ken told me it was an electric guitar version of Beth, which is even more mind-blowing. Well, Matt, you and I amazing. talked about it, you know, years ago when we went to Allentown and, you know, we sat at the, uh, what was it, the Crystal Palace and we got to see him do the acoustic set there. And... Uh, that was, and like I mentioned, that was Allentown Fair. That was probably my favorite Kiss show ever. What year are you talking? Uh, that was gotta be seventeen. Two thousand sixteen oh. or seventeen? The one that was the fairgrounds. Well, I can't remember. My it, brain it, gets It was here. right before Labor Day weekend, and September first. Yeah, I know I was there. Yeah, that was, well, you know, and that's the funny thing, you know, even when uh, when they did that uh, the A and E thing that was there this this summer. That's really the one thing I would love to see them really do is sit down. I like like unplugged was such a great thing, but to really sit and hear them just talk about the songs and play them in like an acoustic way. I don't know if I mean obviously anybody that's a, that is a Kiss fan might be a Beatles fan, but if you've seen that that uh, Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney thing that's on Hulu, yeah. and they just sit there with mixes. It's Paul McCartney talking about his songs, and Rick Rubin will pull up a certain track. I would love it. Especially thinking about Destroyer as something that it was so multi-track produced. If they would sit in the room with like Bob Ezrin and really go through it track by track and show him building the album. Some of the stuff they might not even been aware of. I mean, he was making that album and just adding these strings. I don't know that Gene and Paul were there going, you know, I think we need more oboes here. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that could be a really fun topic would be to have them sit in the room, like, let's go through the Beth tracks with Peter Chris and have him relive that and record it, make videos of all that. I mean, that's the next box set that I want, is a video, right? They haven't, I haven't even gotten this one yet, and I'm already on to the next one. But, the uh, you know, and even like, I mean, there is that Sweet Pain, obviously the Dick Wagner solo versus Ace solo. Let's talk about that. Like, sit with them and go, why'd you decide this or why'd you do that? Those are the kind of things I love. That geeky kind of, like, real minutia on the recording process, the mix, things like that. So, Matt, i got to ask you this. You know, the older we get, and with Peter here, too, do you think after the band's over, after everything, there's going to be that spark where people are really going to dive in deep on this uh, who's going to carry the torch i you mean know you know you know what's funny is i think in a way um a lot of the people it's funny that like a lot of the people that were the real diehards like in 1976 77 right the problem is we're all getting old you know it's like at some point you know they can keep putting these things out but at some point you know and i don't need another box of stuff like i want that music i want those four cds because i want to sit and listen to it i don't really need the posters i don't need the kiss army yeah. membership card i could put an iron on it if i get to iron it on my own shirt it'll fit that'll be the nice thing but the uh, you know i don't know and that's the funny thing i mean i i'd love to think that sometime that I mean, if there is, let's say, any kind of outtake from Rock and Roll Overs, some song we haven't heard, I want that. Are there any other songs from that period that exist? You know, those are the things I really want, the other song. I don't need any more statues. I don't need any more yeah. bobbleheads. You know? Yeah, the music's, the music's everything. I, I love the unreleased songs. I always did. When I, 
fact, when I sold tapes back in my younger days, my college days, I collected and searched for unreleased songs. I put them in compilations and I'd sell them. It was just, it was just my thing. I did hear Lydia Chris played an alternate version of, you know, you brought up Rock and Roll Over, an alternate version of Rock and Roll Over at her house once. Wow. And it wasn't a demo. It was like a, it was a finished, produced album, but it was, everything was a different, it, weren't, it wasn't a different mix. They were all different, ta- it was a different take. It's like, it's as if they recorded the album. You know, I could be remembering it wrong. Perhaps it was a little rougher than it was, <laughs> but it was different vocal track, guitar track. It was a it's almost as if they recorded it and then decided to redo everything. Because well, I mean, something like that could exist. I mean, she might have it. Like Peter might have left the studio one night with a mix that they all took home to listen to. You know, you got to take it home and listen to yeah. it in your car. How does it sound on my stereo at home? So it could be something yeah. really different, well, and that it, could exist. It's not even that. It's arrangement. You know, us being here at the college and everything, we we've seen how a song morphs and and changes from the first time you hear it to, you know, uh, the finished product. And it's interesting. I I would love to see how many incarnations of a song there is, how many alternative verses. Look, I I mean, the Beatles have done it. They're not the only band that has done that, you know. Stones have done it, everybody else. And nobody's ever happy with the first take. So there are things on there that you go... Maybe we like more than what the producer liked. You know, it's really funny. We're talking about, you know, like the 45th anniversary of Destroyer. And I, as I was making notes for the show today, I actually wrote down the fact that tomorrow, if you're listening to us live, tomorrow will be October 9th. In 1996, so now we're talking 25 <laughs> years ago, mm-hmm. I had fourth row center for the reunion tour at the core states probably i say it's the best show that i ever saw it was at that time the absolute closest i had been to the stage mind-blowing to i mean i had seen the tour earlier in the summer at madison square garden but to have those kind of seats in philly but now you go wait a minute that's 25 years ago now if we if anybody has a time machine i'd go back in a second 1996 was a good a good year for me but mm-hmm. the uh, think about that like at that point like that's 25 years it's like almost half my life ago was the reunion tour so now they're out of the makeup back in the makeup back together 25 years ago people <laughs> so matt here's a little bit of a rundown so right here is the set list so it was deuce uh uh King of the Nighttime World, Do You Love Me, Calling Dr. Love, Cold Gin, Watching You, Firehouse, I Stole Your Love, Shock Me, Guitar Solo, Uh, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, Shout It Out Loud, Strutter, Bass Solo, Uh, God of Thunder, Drum Solo, Uh, uh, New York Roof, Love Gun, 100,000 Years, Black Diamond, Encore. Uh, So you have Detroit Rock City, Beth, and rock and roll all night. That's how I remembered it. That's yeah, and you know what? The best part is when you say you know bass solo, but that also means Gene dripping the blood. Dripping. And I will tell you what that I don't care when you're up close and you see that going on. That is one of the most magical moments of any Kiss show. But with that in mind, let's let's why don't we talk to Kiss? How about a little chamber music? A little chamber music. Oh, well, that would be nice. But uh, where are the musicians? Locked up in a little chamber. <laughs> <laughs> But I can summon them. 
Oh, they make such very soothing, quiet dinner music. You love them. We call them Kiss. Oh, not unless you brush your fangs. <laughs> okay, boys, play something a little peaceful for Mr. Lynn.
right, Kiss Army. Of course, that puts me right. Paul in Halloween special puts me right in the mood of Halloween. Ah. One question I have. Now, I cut it off on that because I, I put in the Paul Lynn thing. I want you all to think about this. Since we're talking about the Destroyer, you know, the box set and everything, the opening of Detroit Rock City, and you hear that sound, where do you imagine that that guy is, okay? Uh, and I want you to post this in the Kiss Room. So it's, I mean, I should start a, th- a post on it so we all jump in the same place, but where do you imagine that he is, okay? Now, in my mind, since I'm a little kid, I always pictured that he's in some kind of a diner. It's a public place, and he's sitting there by himself, denim jacket, probably at like kind of the bar. Peter, where do you imagine the opening of Destroyer take, or Detroit Rock City takes place? Well, as a kid, when I first heard it, I thought, maybe not a diner, but just a, definitely a restaurant in public with a, like a TV in the corner. Because that's a lot of forks being washed, more than you need if you're by yourself. Bobby, how about you? So, so I, I just Googled or something, and it really freaked me out. So during that period, President Ford was in office... And, and they're saying there is a, stink, uh, a a really faint sound of uh, a political ad in there. And I'm going, really? See, I always think of like when you hear the guy, you know, in Detroit, in Pontiac, Michigan, you know, the youth was catapulted. Yeah. In my mind, it's one of those, imagine at the start of a movie where the camera is trucking across and you're seeing people. That TV is off in the back. Yeah. And it's like nobody's even watching it. Like there's just all this news going on and striking long shore. It reminds me of like he's in a truck stop. Right. Truck stop. Now, it's funny because if you go to YouTube and you might have all seen this because this has been out for a long time. But if you go to YouTube, search for Chris Davis, Baby Driver. And this guy, Chris Davis, does an amazing cover of Baby Driver. Their vision, because they reenact kind of the intro, is quite different. Now, if you're a dude, you will enjoy the start of the video quite a bit, okay? That's what I'm telling you. Chris Davis, Baby Driver cover, you'll see what I mean, okay? So that's their take on it. What's your take on it? I want to know what you, my Kiss Room listeners, where do you imagine it? Build it in the theater of your mind and tell us where do you see the opening of, De- of Detroit Rock City, all right? Now, if you've ever heard the uh, Kiss Room house band version, you could tell that it's all happening right here in Bluebell, PA. It's all good stuff. So take your mind back. Take your mind back, 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 back. Speaking of taking your mind back, Peter, you've been on here before, but but as somebody who's been a hardcore Kiss fan for a long time, how did you discover Kiss? How did I discover Kiss? Uh, take your mind back, reeling it back. Well, there was this kid in seventh grade when I started uh, junior high school or middle school, as other people call it, he was this kid. I he's in my homeroom, met him. He was wearing a Kiss shirt, and he would wear a different Kiss shirt every day. He didn't have 365, but he had uh, dozens that it seemed like he had a different one every single day. He wore nothing else. People picked on him, of course, because that's what you did to Kiss fans back then. But uh, you know, I kind of was like, I knew who they were, and I was. I honestly always thought. A lot of people say, wow, I saw their makeup and that's what got me into it. I always thought, well, what are they hiding? What are they, is their music that bad that they have to have a gimmick? So I kind of dismissed it until I got to be friends with this kid and I went to his house. And it was the day after Alive 2 came out. He had brought it to school just because he didn't want to leave it home. He's carrying it around with him all day with his books. And I thought, it, yeah, the, in, the, the inside looked, looked really cool. But when I listened to it, you know, I'd heard like, you know, Detroit Rock City and Beth and Christine 16. And those, the, the singles aren't always the best songs, you know. 
But when I heard, you know, the first five songs on Alive 2, it just blew me away. I had never heard them before, and I thought they were just amazing. I was unreal. And it was always the music for me, not the way... I got to appreciate the way they looked uh, afterwards. But it was definitely the music first. I love that he's carrying around the album. It's kind of like when we just saw Detroit Rock City. He's afraid his mom will take it and burn it. (laughs) (laughs) So now, think about, like, when was the first time you ever saw Kiss live? Uh... December 20th, Peter's birthday, 1977, at the the Capitol Center. Wow. Wow. So now, and then from there, I mean, obviously thinking about, we're we're talking about a lot of these, like, you know, kind of the years of things. How do you get into building what has become one of probably the most successful KISS websites on the planet and hosting expos and all this stuff? How does that all come about? Well, you got to be a fan first. If you're not a fan, if you don't love what you do, you can't just make it up. I mean, I just decided to be a professional Kiss fan. It just, they, I, I tried to get my CPA to put that on my tax returns, but he wouldn't let me. But it's basically the truth. That's what I am. That's awesome. That's a good way to put it, professional Kiss fan. What was the first Kiss Expo that you did? That was Florida, um, ninety. How's it, 91 or two? Yeah, 91, I saw the one in uh, England, in London, and I was inspired to do one um, outside of Rich, what Richie Rana was doing at the time in uh, New Jersey. And so that was Orlando, Florida. I, I was thinking of regional. I was first thinking of Atlanta. I was like, well, you know, Richie has the northern region. I'll do the southern region, because I lived in Virginia at the time. And that was 90, I guess 92. And... We didn't have a guest. We just had a tribute band, but people were lined up around the block. It was amazing. There was like a thousand people there, and with just little advertising. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> you know, just uh, word of mouth mostly. And the next year we had uh, Ace, and the next year we had Peter, and we had a special guest every year after that, including Vinny. Mm. That was fun. Wow. <laughs> All right, there's got to be at least one good Vinny story in there somewhere. Why? <laughs> oh, I've got plenty of good Vinny stories. I, what I, year I Vinny, r- really quick, what was your first year with bringing Vinny in? Th- that year, that was probably 92, 93. It was 95. It was before the reunion tour. Um, so, yeah, it would have been, I guess, 95. And uh, I, I probably told you this story, so just stop me if I... Uh, you've heard it before. I'm the king of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, a good Vinny story. First of all, he was really cool to work with. A uh, great guy. Um, had a lot of fun. He did his job well. Um, you know, he's an eccentric guy, but that's that's what's cool about him. We were, um, after the Kiss Exos, we always take the special guests out to the like the Benihana, you know, where they prepare your food and fry yeah. it on the stove and there's drama- fire and drama. <laughs> but uh, so we always go there and we took uh, Vinny. And as we were waiting, there's a bar that we'd kind of sit in the waiting room, but then there's a bar right across waiting for our tables. And um, there's these women, they were probably in their late 20s, early 30s, and they kept like looking back at him, at Vinny, because he was, you know, dressed like. A freak, and I mean that in the good way, of course. But you know, he had the wig, and he right. had the, the woman's blouse and the woman's jeans. He wasn't like you know wearing a dress, but he was you know he. That, that's what Vinnie wore, and it looked is and the makeup, and it looked 
He, he looked, looked like Vinnie Vincent. He looked right. freaking amazing. And, and so they kept looking back, and they were kind of drunk. And one of them finally noticed that we were staring, that they were staring at us. And she came to apologize in her drunk way. And she's like, oh, I, I apologize. Me and my friends, we're, we're from a hairdresser's convention. And we didn't mean to stare, but we couldn't help notice that wonderful wig you're wearing. <laughs> and Vinny's like, oh, well, thank you. And then <sighs> they, he started talking to them. Women were just very attracted to Vinny. These girls didn't know who Kiss was, let alone Vinny Vincent. Uh, they were, you know, they were hairdressers. They were not rock and roll material. And Vinny, like, talked to him, and then they were sitting at our table, and there were phone numbers given out, and these girls had no idea who he was. They just were just like a magnet. They were just very attractive. He has a very you know, interesting charisma, and I've heard other stories l like that. Uh, you know, just uh, non-Kiss fans, like, just being... Uh, having to be around them. They just wanted to come up. That's, you know, isn't it funny? Instead of knowing him for Look It Up, they knew him for his wig. That was, yeah. uh, that's pretty they impressive. They were impressed. You know, and working with Peter and Ace, things like that, I mean, any any good uh, kind of memories of that? Yeah, we, not only did we take Peter to the um, Benihana, we took him to Disney World. <laughs> wow! So I got to ride, oh God, we got to ride on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So uh -huh. he's like, him and his then fiance were in the car in front of us. And you know, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, it's kind of a juvenile ride. Yeah. There's, there's, there's things that kind of look like they're going to fall on you. And we could just see Peter's silhouette. And he was like throwing his arms up like, ah, you know. And I was just like, you know, I was like in my early 20s or mid-20s at the time. And I was just like, I don't believe this is happening, <laughs> you know. I don't believe I'm seeing this. But the coolest story is... Um, me, the guys we were with, I think Joe Marshall was with us and Rick from Amsterdam and his uh, fiance. We all we wanted to ride uh, Space Mountain. Peter was like, oh, you know, I hurt my back. You know, I can't ride roller coasters. And we're like, oh, no, we won't go. And he's like, no, you guys go. I'll wait right here at the exit on this bench. And we're like, well, it's 45 minutes, Peter. We're not going to leave you here for 40. He's like, no, no, just I'll wait right here. It's not a problem. He looked at us like we were ready. Like, what's the big deal? And so we went, we waited in line, 45 minutes. <laughs> we went on the ride. We come out. He's sitting at the bench just waiting for us like a, like a, good, like a guy. And he's like, okay. I mean, he's like a real, he's a real regular guy, you know. I mean, more than any other member of the band, he's, he does, he, uh, that most of the time doesn't have a big ego. I mean, you can't help it. But. Well, you know, it's funny because he's the one I, you know, it's funny in my office, I have that Kiss poster that has the Monco date and it has all the yeah. signatures yeah. on it. And of all of them, when they signed it, you know, Peter was the one that really studied it. He looked, because it has the picture of the uh, first album cover. And he really looked at it, and he, and he turns, and I can't curse on Monaco Radio, but he goes, like, I effing hate that. He says, that's the only time I didn't do my makeup. They brought somebody in, and he's laughing. He's saying it in a funny way, but he goes, I never liked it. They put all those extra lines on my face, and I don't know. I just never liked it. And, and then, and actually, and that was at the New York Expo. Yeah. Um, and you know what? And then I actually hugged Peter Chris. So that was really nice. You know, and, and it's funny, because we were talking about that while we were listening to Detroit Rock City. We had talked about Rock 
Rock, the Freedom to Rock tour. Yeah. And we talked about the, um, you know, that. So that was, uh, I looked at it, it was September 1st, 2016. Okay. Because I looked it up while we were talking. And then that brought up the idea that we were, what we were talking about was collectibles. And now, Bobby, you have an interesting story about your collectible that led into your question to Peter. So tell that story first. Uh, so I brought it up to Peter, you know, have, have people brought items or whatever? And you mentioned, you know, people will claim that, oh, this is worth a million dollars and this and that. <laughs> uh, prior to Matt and I uh, going to the KISS show, uh, I, I scoured one night and, uh, you know, look, I collected comic books and this and that. And I, I don't even know where the hell I was, what site I was on. All of a sudden, I was seeing that uh, Stan Lee was selling a couple items. Well, he had the KISS jacket with the middle finger from the Revenge Tour. Well, little did I know, he was selling it. And I'm like, oh, that's not a bad price. It, I, I mean, it was probably maybe six, $700 or whatever. And I was like, you know what? F it, I'll pull the trigger and, and do it. Uh, and funny was, it fits, you know. So fast forward ahead, Matt and I are at the uh, Allentown Fair at the... Uh, Crystal Palace roller skating rink. They're doing an acoustic set, but they're signing anything you have. And it was the first time that we were with Kiss that I never seen anybody worried about how much crap you had because it was a limited audience. And, and that was the neatest thing. But then Matt, you know, Gene was the last person to walk around. Uh, I felt bad because I wouldn't let Tommy sign the coat because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to save it for Bruce because he wasn't on the album. And, you know, Eric's like, you know, and uh, Paul signed it. Gene's the last one and then looks at it, looks at the signature on the front pocket over the thing. It says Stan Lee and goes, how'd you get my coat? <laughs> you looked at me like. Whoa. This is the funniest part. Gene walked up, and he was the last one. They had played the acoustic set, and it was hot in there. I mean, really hot, like hotter than hell, really. Hotter and than they're hell. following him. They're following him with a fan to keep him cool. And they still have to go get ready. But Gene really studied the coat, and he knew right away. I'd get my jacket, and it's because he saw Stan Lee had signed it, and he knew. That that was the jacket. Well, he gave it to him, and which which I thought I didn't. That's the part that I didn't know. I thought it was just stands, and when he had it, he signed it. But that's what I'm saying. When something comes like that, and look to have it authenticated by Gene Simmons, really made me go, "Whoa, okay." Do you keep? And here's my thing: Is that the thing that you keep? You know, look, we just lost Charlie Watts. And this, I have it signed by Stan Lee, all four original members on the Revenge album. And I'm not looking at a monetary figure, but is that something that you would recommend a fan? Dude, hold on to that. that that's the jacket you're never going to, th that'll never be, it's irreplaceable. And I think before you answer that, any listener out there, if you don't know, Peter has some of the best merchandise yes. available and has seen so much that is available. That's why we're really interested on your take on this. Well, being when you know more about something, you realize how little you know about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm at that point. If you think you know everything about something, you're, you don't know anything. You're an idiot. So, man, there's so much I don't know. But uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
people ask me, what's your best thing you have? And it's not the most expensive thing. It's those things, small things. Like I had Peter sign a drumhead to me. I summoned Balls of Fire in L.A. And God, whenever the hell that was, when he had disappeared. And just things that I've, when I've met them and... Uh, personal things like that. That means the most to me. And like that jacket, that is uh, that is something personal. Gene validated it. You got to talk to Gene, hang out. He signed it. Where did he sign it? Right over the... <laughs> I, I, again, it was the coolest thing. Matt and I were there, and, uh, you know, I, I had Eric sign it on one side, and Paul signed it, and Gene goes, uh, flips the coat over, middle finger on the back. It's not the fist of love. It is the full <laughs> middle finger. Gene goes... Signs it right atop of the middle finger. And, of course, the look on his face was perfect. That proud Gene look like, mm-hmm. And we have pictures of it, which is <laughs> yeah. the coolest thing. It's like, you know, the 14-year-old Matt and I were geeking out more than anything. And it was just like. Yeah, but again, like I said, I, I talk to people about it. And it's like the most uh, valuable things are the things that aren't worth money. It's like when you, you, you meet them and have a personal interaction, uh, like with that jacket, that uh, there's no price on that. It's uh, something you'll always remember. You'll always remember that, that day you met them. Well, there, there's another time too, Matt, and you've seen the picture. I was at Winter Nam, and I'm coming down the escalator. Gene's going up and he goes, get over here. And I have my hotter than hell thing. And he puts me in a headlock. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> well, you know, of course, when you think about it, and, and uh, you know, everybody thinks about different collectibles that they have, it always makes me think this time of year because, of course, October 12, 2006, is the famous Gene Simmons will only sign the bottle of cologne at the Boscoff. So you remember that. And I've told that story. You talk about, have I told you that story before? You know, I don't know if I ever told that story actually on the Kiss Room. I know I told it on. Um, pods and sods they were doing a kiss covery thing but i told i told you that story right so did i ever tell you that story the funny thing is so tell me again well so the funny thing is and i'll make this quick because we're headed to the top of the hour but the uh it was october 12th 2006 and gene is at the boscovs at the oxford valley mall you know and obviously this is the farthest you know or was it oxford yeah oxford valley Mall, farthest place from the rock and roll center of the universe and my friend shout out bob brodsky was there my friend carl got a lot of it on video and uh, so we went real early like when the mall first opened to get in line like the, the stores aren't even open yet the walkers are just walking around in the circle and we sit we're sitting there like a bunch of goofballs i had this group of people and of course the day goes on the day goes on everybody's laughing the line starts to fill up and about an hour before they're going to start, this woman comes up and she says, just to be clear, the only thing Mr. Simmons will sign is the cologne bottle. And you hear a hiss, like an audible, <laughs> because everybody's like, what? You know, everybody in the place has something cooler. And at the time, I had this 8 by 10 that was signed by Ace by Peter and by Paul. I just need Gene for it to be complete. And I've got it, and it's going to become complete. And I was furious. Like, what are they doing? And everybody around us had something cooler than this bottle of cologne. Now, I get it. They want their money. But we had already given them money because you couldn't get in line without buying this cologne bottle. 
So everybody's pissed, right? And then, of course, some kid gets up, and I guess he was probably like a nephew or one of the women running it, and he's kind of a dick, and he gets, and they let him be first in line after we've been waiting all day. And, he, and so now we're even more mad. And the funny thing, there is a video for it, and if you watch the video, you can see me. I'm fourth in line, and I go stamping up the steps. And the, the security <laughs> guard will not let me take the photo on stage. If you are going to go up on stage, you're not going to take that photo. Or I, you know, and I'm like, look, I'm not giving this to you. What if something happens to it? Well, you're not going up there. And he's now, you figure, he's used to the guy that's down at the fish and chips. Here he's got a thousand people, and he's, oh, he's going to show me he's tough. So I hand it over, and I go up, and I'm stamping up. And now here I am, nose to nose with Gene, and you can see it in the photos, saying, Gene, you got to sign everybody's stuff. And he's like, I can't. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're Gene Simmons. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> no. I'll sign it later, he says. When is later? And now I'm all upset. And if you watch the video, you can see these people at the mall getting ready to circle and kill me. And he says later. And he's grinning through his teeth like, like who's this mutant that's like fourth in line? And now, and I remember at one point the crowd booing. And it was funny because uh, I, on that Pods and Sods episode, shout out to Craig Smith and Eric Miller. I told this story and they remembered it as because they were in the line. They could hear me arguing with Gene. And Eric said, look, this guy is playing to Gene's power, saying you're Gene Simmons, you can do whatever you want. But he wouldn't do it. And I didn't get a picture. I got my cologne bottle signed. There's the collectible of the century. But I have that story. And now I stomp away. And Bob and Felix, you guys are laughing because we went to the, the restaurant after. And I'm sitting there eating my fries like, I can't believe I didn't get my autograph. And I'm pissed. I'm driving home. I'm all mad. Well, anyway, the funny thing is this story actually does have a happy ending. And like you said before, if I've told you this story, don't stop me because I'm going to tell it. The, uh, the funny thing is, so now, when is later? When's he going to sign it, right? So if anybody remembers in, uh, you know, the funny thing was in 2009, they had that contest. You had to make a video to tell why you were the ultimate Kiss fan. And of course, you know, I'm the ultimate Kiss fan. So I had a winning video, thrilled, won that. And one of the prizes, you got to go to the meet and greet when they were in Philly. That way you could pick a date that you wanted to go. It's the exact same date, October 12th. But now instead of 2006, it's 2009. And you go around and you get your picture with the group and everything. And like you said before, now you can go around. They're going to sign anything. And I'm on a mission. And I go walking right up. And I got this 8 by 10 And I hold it out. And I say to Gene, Gene, you don't even remember this. But back in 2006 at the Oxford Valley Mall, and I see him, he makes a face like he kind of, he remembers. I said, you told me you would sign this later. Well, today is later. He puffs up his chest. He puffs up his chest like a superhero, like, of course, I'm going to keep my promise today for you. And he signs it. I'm ecstatic. And now, of course, you know, you figure it's, it's prior to the show. So there's a lot of people there that are making sure that Mr. Simmons is not upset by this mutant who's now spitting out this story about the Oxford Valley Mall. <laughs> and the funny thing is, he signs it. And then he puts his hand around my neck, just like he said, I have the best picture of me and Gene where I'm smiling. He is smiling. He's laughing because it was like he really had kept his promise and signed my goofy 8x10 picture. And that was a happy ending. And you talk about the funny thing is that 8x10 is one of my most cherished kind of kiss things because every one of those autographs has a story. 
And the same with, I have, an, I have a comic book signed by Allman. It also has a great gene story that I'll tell you another day. But that the fact that it's the same exact date, October 12th, but years apart. So that's, that's the Gene Simmons story. And it's like, you know, we talk about collectibles. So there's your other piece of homework, people. Tell us your favorite collectible and tell us the story behind it. That's the important part. You know, a lot of the stuff, you know, you see, oh, you can buy this on eBay or whatever and things like that. But you know what? You really, you've got to have the story that goes with it. Where were you when you got that signature? Who were you with? You almost missed the train. Bob was singing Read My Body on the way. And then the camera went focused, but I'll never forget it. People, you got to tell us your stories. That's what we're concerned about. <laughs> so look at that. I mean, really, and even when you think about your own collection, is there one item in your collection that comes to your mind that you think this is, if I can only keep one thing of Kiss, what would it be? I do not have, people ask me that all the time. I do not have the answer. <laughs> well, I, what's the first thing that comes to your mind then? We won't commit you to it, you know. Well, yeah, that Peter Drumhead from 85, I think that's when Balls of Fire was playing. That... It was just a cool night because uh, my friend Pat from Vegas, and he was, he's friends with Peter, you know, a fan friend, and he got us in to see him, and we, we drove from Vegas out there to see him at a couple of shows. And he, like, hung out with us. We got to hang out backstage, and I was a kid back then, you know? Like, backstage, I didn't remember backstage anywhere, you know? It was, like, a little club, but <laughs> right. it was like, oh, my God. With Peter, it was like, oh, my God. And he was, like, so happy. He was like, you know, I, he hadn't been doing anything for so many years, or since he left Kiss, and he was just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm doing this now, and glad I'm meeting people, and he was so happy and fun to hang out with. And, uh, God, the other... Oh, I do have a funny story about... Um, Back in, there was a Sotheby's auction where there were some kids right. collectibles that were sold. One of them was a Gene Cod piece <laughs> from, from uh, Alive, a good piece. And, you know, I bought this back in, uh, this was like the late 80s or something. They had a Sotheby, you know, and I'm, nobody knew about it. Bill Baker told me about it, and I went up there. He said, he says, you know, I don't have the money for that stuff, but I went up. I bought this lot of things. It was one of each member, five, five different things, including something from Eric. Um, stuff from the 70s, like wrist cuffs, Gene's choker, Eric's fox belt, and Gene's, mm. Gene's codpiece. So anyway, when they were doing those free, um, the Alive 3 parties, they did those free ones. Right. Back when they did things for free, I, um, you know, and again, I was like, in my 20s, I was, like a little, I was an idiot. I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm, oh, I'm going to show this to Gene. Say, look, Gene, look at this. And for what reason? I don't know why he'd be <laughs> impressed by that. Hey, I have your but, codpiece. <laughs> So I go up and we're getting autographs. And first I Paul was first. And Paul was like, ooh, that's real. Gene, Gene. Paul Paul's like just jumping around like like a little kid, like, oh Gene, look, look, that's real. And I was just like, why is Paul acting like that? And Gene's, you know, acting like he always does. But Paul can get excitable sometimes, which is kind of funny. And so I get up and I'm like, uh, look, Gene, this is your uh, code piece. Can I have a picture of you? And I'm holding it up, and he's, like, looking at me like, like, you know, he's looking at, like, was this stolen? Should I just take this? That's, like, the look on his face. And I was just, I had this stupid look on my face. I was just, but, again, I, was, I don't care. I was having the time of my life, and that was um, so much fun to, like, meet him and show him my, at the time, my, that was, like, one of my favorite pieces. That's awesome. I mean, even, uh, that's funny you mentioned that. Anytime you got to meet them back in those days where it didn't seem as kind of, 
calculated. You know, you met oh, them yeah. and they were right there. You know, and, and it's funny when you talk about that, like even when, you know, like the, when they did that revenge club tour, you know, it just felt different. It was different. You know, like you, it, it, it kind of, you know, you were right there and it was, and it was funny. That's, I saw Peter when he was doing a solo tour and it's 1992 at a place called the Players Club in Lodi, New Jersey. And the funniest thing is, you know, you figure about it was this, like you said, kind of a tiny place when that balls of fire it had to be a small place. This was a small place, like a bar. And the funniest part was it, we're standing there packed in. They had sent, for whatever reason, they had sent the opening band home. And we watched the opening band load in very excitedly and then leave very angrily because they were told there wasn't enough room and they sent them home. I, w I can't remember who it was. I'd love to know because I, I would interview them. But anyway, we're what standing there. What was the name there for, of the bar? It was year? called the Players Club in Lodi, New Jersey. And the funniest thing is about we're standing there just for hours on end now just packed into this club and there was this big window above behind the stage and there was these like slatted curtains and all of a sudden the curtains kind of part and it's ace and he's making a finger gun at, at like everybody like right what? and the place goes berserk because ace is in the building right everybody is going nuts and peter's band was great they come out they did a mix of like his solo songs and kiss songs and then Ace comes out, and they're doing Deuce, and it's Ace and Peter together on this tiny stage. Like, if you were, like, you talk about if, oh, if you could see Kiss in a bar, we were seeing Kiss in a bar. And it's the two of them, and they're both, like, right at that moment, you realize the two of them together, it was larger than life. It was one of the coolest things ever, you know, that I ever saw. And, and now that's the thing, 1992, I don't have any pictures, because I don't think I had even a phone at that point. You know, we were just in the middle of Frank Hagen. I was with Frank Hagen and my lovely wife. She used to go to all that kind of stuff back then. You know, and, uh, and it was funny, because I remember we were standing there, and after Ace had appeared, 25 minutes later, you know, she says, you know, everybody's just staring at that slot in the curtain right now. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> So on that happy note, you know what? I'm gonna roll us into the top of the hour. We got the Kiss Room House Band coming up, coming up next on here on Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. Meet, meet you in the Kiss Room. Meet, meet you in the Kiss Room with Matt Porter and the podcast crew. Hey, you're not allowed to smoke in the Kiss Room. Hi everybody, it's Gene Simmons. You're listening to the Kiss Room on Monco Radio, but you knew that. You wanted the best, and you got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter! Army, you won the best. You've got the best. We're having the most fun ever here on an October issue of the Kiss Room. We got Peter Arquette, we got Bobby Dreyer, and coming up after this, we're going to hear a new single from Rich Kid Express. We're going to keep talking Kiss, but of course, now is my favorite part of the show when we go to the Kiss Room house band. I want to send a shout out Frank Galanti, Jerry Lee Watkins. Steve Campagna, everybody that keeps the, these guys, they keep putting together this amazing show. Last month, we got to see them play live at the drive-in. I hadn't seen them in a while. And right now, here we go. Kiss Room House Band. Turn it way up. In studio with the Kiss Room House Band. Now, here's your host, Fran Galanti. 
This first one goes out to Jeffrey Lee Watkins. Ever since April of 2000, the Kiss Room House Band has been recording remotely, and we've been partners in crime. It's October, which means soon I'll be another year older. You know, sometimes I look in the mirror and say, Is that you?
up is two-timer this song has such a cool groove i'd like to see what paul stanley's soul station could do with it Forget the rest No, no, no 
goes out to all the girls who like it rough. Show you now 
I think this one might be my favorite Kiss song. Only me, girl. Your day is so old. 
Kiss Army, we're back. Look, I can't I can't think of anything more fun than to send you into the weekend with something like that. Those guys, Kiss Room House Band, always so great. And I really do appreciate them every month bringing us something good. And I also want to send some shout-outs, people that are, that are maybe tuned in, but certainly sent the link out for me. And I really appreciate that. Candy Burton, if you're listening, from Candy's Kiss Corner. Oh, you can really tune on Candy. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. And you can also hear a handful of Candy at 8 o'clock. Both shows right here on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. Look, you can join in. You can listen to that. I want to send a shout-out. Eric and Judy Wisniewski from The Electric Crush. The best show, Tuesday night, 7 to 9 on Tube City Online. Just search Electric Crush. You'll find them. You can get all the links. You can listen to them via TuneIn the same way you might listen to me. Uh, Britton Mitchell from the Kiss Cosplay Group on Facebook. You got to follow him on Facebook because he's always posting the best pictures of people in Kiss makeup. Obviously, heading up to uh, Halloween, there'll probably be even more. Shout out to Britton. Craig Bauer, look, I want to send a shout out. Kissspirational, if you follow him on Instagram. But also today, he posted a picture where anybody that's been following Ace on tour has seen where Ace keeps showing his socks. Well, Craig kind of photoshopped in Kiss Room logos on Ace's socks. And let me tell you, my eyes popped out of my head when I was scrolling through. I was like, what? Because I'm thinking, I don't even think there are Kiss Room socks, but maybe there should be. So, And Christopher Goff actually is the host of the Kiss World um, group on Facebook. And he has a new podcast called We Love It loud so you want to check that out he's had some cool people that you know if you listen to the kiss room so other people that share the link Kat Mara, Steve Javorski Dana Reedling Russell Sean Cullen, Tony Mann AJ Zonin, Dottie Jones Chris Hartman, Rolla Brown and the Kiss Army, it's the North Carolina, come on Bobby Carolina Carolina. You kind of do the callback. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Bill Elam, David Kathy, Chris Simcoe, Mike Simcoe, Ron Jones, and Mike Moon from the Let It Rip podcast. Obviously, you got to check that out. Hannah Rod from the We Will Blog You podcast. Obviously, Hannah has uh, been interviewing people, and among them, the guys from Alive 75, so you got to check that out. Mikhail Burel, John Phillips, Lee Bruton, Stephen Evans, and Jan Evans. We're going to talk about that. Today is Steve's birthday, and he got a really cool cameo. We're going to talk about that. Um, Barb Hiller-Zuski, Javier Boaster, Kiss Army Omaha. Omaha! John Dennehy, who shared the link in a ton of groups. Pasquale Varian, the Kiss Army Nation. Again, that's a podcast that you should definitely yes. be listening to. He does a great job every they're they're I think maybe weekly at this point. It's I'm starting He's to get back in into Canada. all my Canada. Do, 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 do. We got John Weinberger, who's Time Bomb Radio. He is Saturdays from 10 to 2 right here on Monco Radio. Same as me. You can tune in. Sam Dotton, Greg Johnson, Joe Laskin, Bob McMichael, Josiah Horn. Cameron Duty from Alive Unplugged, the music of Kiss. He's got a live event coming up October 23rd that you can watch that. Of course, Kiss Room House Band, Frank Galanti, Jerry Lee Watkins, Steve Campagna. Peter Arquette and Kiss Asylum shares the link for me every month. I know a lot of you find it that way, so thank you, Peter. You're actually here in the room. Joe Polo and the Podcast Rock City crew. And, of course, Anthony Porter, Madison Porter, and Amy Uncle Porter all share my link. So I really appreciate that. Now, I had mentioned earlier... Um, you know, in that list that it's Stephen Evans, his birthday is today, and his wife is super cool, Jan, got him a cameo from Bruce Kulick. 
And Bruce, it was like, I think it's the coolest cameo that I ever saw because Bruce really took time to say, hey, look, you know, I, I know that you like this song and that song. And he rips through riffs and solos from like Turn On The Night, Tears Are Falling, Domino, Spit, Hard to Chrome, and God Gave Rock and Roll to You, all while saying like the coolest things like, oh, I hope you have a good birthday. And I, you know, I'm really thrilled that you follow me and all this stuff. I thought, wow, Bruce really putting in some work into a cameo. Some of them, you, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, and, you know, happy birthday. <laughs> this was amazing, like really stellar. You know, you think, man, I'll tell you, that's the kind of thing that, uh, that you really uh, like to see from somebody as cool as Bruce Kulick. So it's, uh, you know, it was nice. It was like almost like a little mini concert. So now before we go too far, because then I'm going to open the phone lines. We're going to talk to some people. If you have a question for Peter or you want to tell us where uh, you think Detroit Rock City intro takes place. But first, I'm going to go to another song. This is actually a new track from Rich Kid Express, which is written and recorded by Rob Richardson. You can find Rich Kid Express dot bandcamp.com and if you search for squib kid records you can find them kind of everywhere on social media but um, rob has been on the kiss room before i really enjoy his music and he's got this new single out that you can find everywhere and you're listening to Monaco radio where music and minds meet yeah
Yeah, that's right. So that's Rich Kid Express. That's some fun stuff. Rob Richardson. Uh, that single is out now called Cold Hearted. And you can get that, you know, if you, like I said, if you go to richkidexpress.bandcamp.com, you can get that. Put that on your own playlist and you'll love it. The other thing I love, the reason I love playing that stuff, there are so many talented KISS fans out there. And I know you're all listening. And you all listen to the KISS Room. So I want to remind you, anybody that's out there that is uh, thinking about writing a song for the KISS Room Demos Project, Volume 7. Get them to me before... Um, how about right around Thanksgiving? Because I want to play them in December when we do our Christmas episode of uh, The Kiss Room. And like I said, the challenge really is if Gene or Paul or Ace or Peter or somebody in Kiss said to you, write a song that we can record for the new album. So imagine it's going to be a new Kiss album. They come to you looking for a demo. What would you do? Okay, I have one song so far, Josiah Horn, who we hung out and had the best time in Nashville. He sent me a song. That's track number one. What's track number two going to be? Like, you know, Bobby, you know all the musicians that are out there. We got to get somebody and they got to write some songs. I challenged Quinn from the Quinn's Quinn. Vincent Invasion to write a song. You know, we got people out there that are looking to do it. Go to thekissroom.com forward slash demos. You can hear six versions of free songs. There's all kind of stuff on there that you can get. Now, let's see. Do we have somebody on the line? There should be. I think somebody was ringing in on line three. Who's on the line? Hey, guys, it's Candy from Candy's Kiss Candy. Corner. Candy, how are you? So Candy's ah, Kiss Corner, Candy. Saturday mornings here on Mako Radio. How are you? Oh, my God. I'm at, after that greeting by Bobby Dreher. I am fantastic. <laughs> Look at that. You're, you don't get sung to that much, right? No, not, not a lot, to be honest. <laughs> so we're rocking here on a Friday. I got Peter Arquette. I got Bobby. What's on your mind, Candy? Well, I have to call in um, because time-wise, I have the perfect story uh, to, to share with you guys here in the Kiss Room. Um, and uh, we spoke very briefly about this yesterday, Matt, and I have to talk about it on the air. So as you guys know, I mean, any Kiss fan would know that Sonic Boom was released. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was back in 2009, October 5, 2009. So... Without going into too much detail, uh, I've got some serious health issues that I've been battling since I was a teenager, okay? And back in 2009, I just about had enough, and I was scheduled for some pretty invasive surgery. Now, to make a long story short, I remember being in the hospital, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, doctors coming in and out, nurses coming in and out, and finally another doctor comes in. And he says, okay, we're going to discharge you in a couple of days. He says, for eight weeks, no strenuous activity. Don't jump up and down. Don't go crazy. Just rest up so you can recover quickly. And I had this really sour look on my face. And I said, Doc, I'm supposed to go and see Kiss <laughs> in one month. So, mind you, this surgery happened in September. A month later was the concert. And then the very next day was the release of Sonic Boom. So I go, yeah, I'm supposed to go and see Kiss in a month. What the heck am I supposed to do, Doc? And he looked at me and says, Candy, just go, enjoy yourself, have a good time. You deserve it. So, so with that being said, so I go and see Kiss. Um, it was actually, no, it was October 6th Sonic Boom was released. Bobby, you know these dates better than me. Was it October 6th or October 5th? I no, can't remember. that's got it down. That's the numbers guy. So it's, it was October okay, 6th, which oddly enough was just 12 years ago, if you can imagine that. Exactly. So there you go. October 6th, right? The Sonic Boom was released. October 5th was the concert. It was the Alive 35 tour. Uh, one of the best 
shows that I've seen Kiss do, and well, I mean, I had only seen them twice up up to that point. But anyway, I paid for it dearly. I mean, you're talking about four weeks post surgery, pretty invasive surgery, and you know, four weeks later, I'm rocking out at a Kiss concert. It was great. And then the very next day, Sonic Boom was released, and I got to go see my boys from Destroyer. So I got kissed three times in two days. It was great. <laughs> nice. And when you talk about when you talk about some of your you know most, most prized um, you know kiss collectibles or possessions, if you will, oddly enough, it was my Sonic Boom CD because it has a story to go along with it. Now, fast forward a year because I had to have surgery again the following year. So now you're talking 2010. Um, I had an operation scheduled for, I believe it was September 9th or 10th or something, 2010. Now we're into the Sonic Boom Tour. So the, the concert was scheduled for September the 12th. My surgery was scheduled for the 10th. And I'm like, no, 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 that can't happen. So I called my surgeon and I said, hey, you guys need to reschedule this. And they're like, well, why? And I said, well, i got to go and see Kiss. You want me to lie to you? No, i got to go see Kiss. And they, they reschedule it, and I got to go and see Kiss. And then a week later, I was laid up in the hospital. So that's, that's my story. It just shows you, you know, the level of dedication as, uh, as a Kiss fan. So I have to share that in the Kiss well, room. And by the way, you liked now, you or didn't drop like a, you know, uh, <laughs> something in your body going, yeah, we'll fix her. Well, but you know, the good thing was <laughs> when you talked to the doctor, it was because it was Dr. Love. <laughs> uh, you know. I wish. No, he wasn't that kind of doctor. Although the doctor that came in and told me, go and see Kiss, was pretty good looking. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so now, look, if you were listening earlier in the, in the show, we talked about when you listen to Detroit Rock City, where do you imagine that that scene takes place? So I, I was thinking kind of along the same lines as what you guys were saying, either like a diner or a restaurant. But I'm thinking like more specifically, you know, a busboy in the back, slaving away, you know, washing those dishes. He quits his job, you know, drops everything, gets in his car, turns on the radio, and then all that Kiss music is playing. That's that's what I ah, would always say. That's, that's a good that's one. Good. That would explain all the forks being washed. Exactly. Right? That's exactly. a good one. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Did you that's... hear anybody spitting on anybody's food in the background? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we, we only made chicken on half the pizza, so... <laughs> Uh, Candy, any last minute thoughts you want to send out to your Kiss Army listeners all over the planet? Yeah, guys, just tune in tomorrow morning. Um, we're going to do a rerun of an episode I played last week where we celebrate a whole bunch of album anniversaries, uh, you know, Sonic Boom, Monster, and a couple of the, uh, you know, Alive albums that, uh, that were released this week back in blah, 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 blah. I don't know the dates offhand, but anyhow... Tune in tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. And a couple shout-outs before I go. Obviously, Matt, thanks for letting me call in. Uh, to Bobby Dreher and our yeah. beloved boys from the Metal Summit. Yeah. Hey, listen, Metal Summit. <laughs> Every Wednesday, and I'm going to plug you guys like I always do. Every Wednesday evening on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter Live at 9 p.m. Eastern. Tune in. Join the party. It's always fun. And last but certainly not the least, i got to say hello to my new producer, Chris Goff. I know he's listening out in Detroit, Rock City. Uh, you know, I was in a pretty tight spot here a few weeks ago, and, you know, Chris got to the rescue, and my show is now sounding bigger and better than ever. So, Chris, thank you so much. Matt, thank you. Bobby, Jay, Angel, Steve, everyone, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Candy. We'll Thanks, talk to you Candy. soon, and we'll all tune in tomorrow for Candy's Kiss Corner right here on Monaco Radio. Where music and minds meet. Perfect. Take care, guys. Yeah. See you, Candy.
So now that was a, that's a good take on it. A yeah. busboy. I, yeah, I never really thought about that, but that certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, really, uh, I think that's pretty fantastic. Look, anybody that's out there that's listening, we're, we're kind of running out of time here in the last part of the Kiss Room. But if you want to call in and talk to me, Peter, Bobby, the number here is 215-619-7366. You could be on the air as well with us here in the Kiss Room. Um, you know, lots going on. I mean, obviously, Kiss has been chugging along, wrapping up the end of the road. Dates almost every night. I've been watching a lot of videos with that. Obviously, Ace is out with Alice Cooper and our friends in the Talisman. Those guys share a lot of videos and we're having a lot of fun with them, too. And who's on the line? Hello, this is Hannah from Miraglagu. Hannah, how are you? Nice for joining us here in the Kiss Room. What's going on? Oh, I just wanted to call in to say hi to you and saying you're doing a great, great job. So now, look, Hannah, recently I know you have interviewed at least half of Live 75. You want to promote your blog? Talk about that? Oh, well, I have you to thank for that. You know, I'm the center of the universe, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for you hook, hooking me up to Joe, with Joe Gillies, um, that won't happen. And so, yeah, I was really, it was really great to interview Joe Gillies. We had a wonderful time talking about the band and talking about how they started and everything else. Um and then came, I got to interview their new star child, Bobby Wolf. Hi, I just want to say hi to Bobby and Joe Gillies. And um, so it was really, really interesting interviewing Bobby um, and just hearing his story of how he became a new, new star child. It was really cool to hear his journey and everything. Um, he has a lot of great stories. So if anybody wants to uh, check out my blog and listen to those two interviews, I say to go to it. <laughs> so we will blog you, of course. And, of course, Alive 75, a big favorite of mine. I mean, obviously, I want to send a shout-out. Anthony DeLucia Jr. is the current Gene Simmons in Alive 75, and I've always had a lot of fun with those guys. Yeah. And it's funny because I was thinking about that. Now, for those of you that don't know, they did make an announcement. Anthony is ready to hang up his demon boots and uh, retire from, from Alive 75, which I, I really had you know a very bittersweet kind of reaction to that because I have had the best time with those guys from Alive 75 and I remember it was back you know in, in early 2015 I got a call from the woman who schedules the events here and she says there's a guy that you need to talk to he said he's from a Kiss tribute band and they want to play at Monco yeah. and I'm like wow what is this right so I get to be good friends with Anthony he came down there looking around obviously Brent Woods Ian I don't know if Ian was here at the time or not they set up a live 75 to play here at Monco and so then really that was um, you know in early like so by May 2015 we had them here on a Saturday, the full band, yeah. plus J.R. Smalling, yep. plus Len D'Alessio, all hanging out in the Lydia studio. Chris. Well, that was, she came in November. That's the actual event. This was, what we did was we had them here to promote, right? We are going to promote that. We're, and we weren't allowed to mention that we were doing the show because they hadn't announced it yet. And, you know, the, the guys that run it here were like, we can't announce it till our subscribers know because then they feel like they didn't get the information first. So we're in here totally, we were talking about wrestling during the, you know, yeah. the break. And, you know, 
know, it's total kayfabe. I'm acting, wouldn't it be great if we could book a show here at Monica? We knew it was coming, but we were acting like we didn't know. But anyway, I mean, and shout out to Chef Keith Taylor. Chef Keith had a barbecue spot right down the street at the time. And, and it was funny. Chef Keith had come in for a different show, and he says, when you, uh, when you have those guys here, because it turned out they're all, like, they all knew each other. Chef Keith knew Joe from Alive 75. They're Lodi, New yeah. Jersey guys. Um, when you have them, I'll hook you up with some food. You tell me when they're coming. So those guys all came in. It was a Saturday. It was May 9th, 2015. And you know how a lot of time people, when they say, oh, they're going to hook you up, they don't really mean they're going to hook you up. That day, Chef Keith comes in. He's first. He's the first one here. Brings in three gigantic insulated boxes filled with pulled pork and barbecued chicken and potatoes. This Graham's potato salad that's like his recipe, his grandma's recipe, fills a table with food. And then these guys all show up. And they don't want to come and do the show because they want to eat the barbecue. So if you go back, you can hear that. It's on the podcast feed. But you know what? So Anthony's last show is going to be Debonair Music Hall, December 4th. And I'm wondering, that's way over in Teaneck, New Jersey. So, uh, you know, will I make it to Teaneck, New Jersey? I'd like to. I really, I, I feel I owe a lot to Alive 75. I got to hang out with J.R. Smalling a bunch and Len D'Alessio and all the cool people. They had a traveling circus for a while. And they are great people and a good group of just human beings that I've always enjoyed working with. So we wish them success in trying to find a new gene but uh those are big doom demon boots to fill because anthony always did a great job and they uh you know in fact i you were at their shows up at the sherman theater you know and so you got to see all that stuff and oh, uh, i love a live 75 love them and i'm really uh, so in some ways i'm disappointed that anthony is stepping out of the bat wings but in a way hey look i know he and his beautiful wife they like to ride their motorcycle around and travel and you know look there's a lot of other things in life other than talking about kiss and playing kiss and well uh, some people have more things in their life but i don't but the uh you know, it's really, uh, you know, so hey, look, so Hannah, I love that you're interviewing those guys. I know moving forward, there'll be some exciting news from Alive 75. Yes, it's really great. Any it's other? really sad to hear, it's really sad to hear Anthony go, you but know, I never yeah. really got to see, I never really never got to see my first Live 75 show, but who knows, it might come close to me one day. You know, hopefully by next year, they'll have a new gene and there'll be no more COVID. Let's all just concentrate. Ready? Everybody just take a second and imagine that COVID doesn't exist, okay? Just for just a minute. <laughs> yeah. Put it in your mind, okay, COVID doesn't exist. And then I have to wear a mask when I leave the room, but okay! <laughs> and anything else you want to say before we cut you loose? Oh, I just want to say that I also uh, interviewed Lydia Chris. Lydia came in when we did the event. It was called um, Kiss Hunger Goodbye. And we did that event here with Alive 75. And we did a canned food drive all day. And at that moment in that night, I did a kiss room right before... And we had all the guys from Alive 75. We had J.R. Smalling. We had Len D'Alessio. We had Lydia Chris. David Snowden was here. The room was packed. Alex Richter, God bless him. I miss yeah. that smiling face every day. He was here. Chris Giordano was here. It was an amazing event here at Monco. I mean, they brought the whole thing in, and I, I just had the best time. That's one of my favorite Kiss Room, you know, kind of moments. And so Alive 75, I really do thank those guys. They're really uh, just a fantastic group of human beings. So, uh, so shout out to them. Hannah, any last words? Well, I, I hope everyone has a really good day, and make sure to listen to the Kiss Room. Woohoo! Thanks, Woo. Hannah. We'll talk to you soon. 
All right. Bye. Bye. So anybody else, if you want to call in, 215-619-7366. We are live right now. So if you have a take on uh, where the intro of Detroit Rock City happens, if you have a question for Bobby or Peter. But we're having the best time kind of wrapping things up. I think I went through everything on my notes. Obviously, we could do all kind of... um, album release anniversaries and things like that because you know hotter than hell and creatures of night and hot in the shade and carnival souls sonic boom and monster all released in october but the uh you know i always think of halloween really as october and kiss and you kind of can't separate the two paul lynn halloween special lives in my mind as one of the great mm-hmm. moments ever you know in television history and i want to be an off-road trucker pinky and the you know really it's uh it makes you laugh just to think about it a much innocent time where uh you know you they still had variety shows and things like that. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot going on. What else is on your mind? Anything before we wrap it up? Like we're kind of headed to the top of the hour. What's on my mind? Well, big question people always ask me is when's the next New Jersey Kiss Expo? Yes. yes. Um, the, the thing that's really holding it back, other than the obvious, is, uh, you know, what Kiss is on their farewell show right now. I did the last one with uh, Keith LaRue, who works with Kiss. Yeah. So it's kind of, and we definitely want to have both uh, Eric and Tommy there. Um, not one or the other. We want them both, and we want to have Ace back. We we want to invite everybody. You know, back uh, back in the day, conventions were you'd have merchandise and one guest. Oh, this year we'll have Bruce. Next year we'll have Eric. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Ace, but um, we're inviting everybody every single time and it's if you went to the one last time it was huge and this one's we were going to do on the year next year but it uh you know we weren't able to do it but uh it'll be even bigger than that we'll have more guests and you'd be surprised who we're going to pull out but uh you know the thing is we just have to wait and see what kiss is doing there's a break in their tour and keith can help me out we might slip one in but that still might not be for, uh, what is this, the fall? Yeah, the fall is a good time for ones. So it'll probably be a year. That last one that you did was fantastic. And I really thank you yeah, because we, g- were in, we were too. in the lineup. Like when people came in the room, they, they first they saw Eric Singer. And then they were seeing like Ken Kelly. And then there was Bruce Kulick. And then there was the um, Billa Coin, you know, his family and Tom and, and Roman and everybody. And then us, you know, he came to the kisser table, and the next to me was Robert Fleischman. And then the, the guys from Three Sides were in there, and like it was a ring around the edge of the room, and we got to be part of that. We're interviewing everybody that was walking around, and, and it was the coolest. Robert Fleischman was awesome that day. We hung out with him. He was just super cool. Somewhere I have a picture of Robert Fleischman giving me bunny ears and, you know, in the, in the photo, but... What an amazing turnout. And like you said, I mean, it's funny. Back in the day, and I'm sure you remember... The older conventions, it was really all about the merch. It was oh, yeah. like, you know, yeah, looking absolutely. through the boxes and boxes of stuff. But now it really is about meeting the celebrities. It really, a lot of it is meeting your friends. Everybody that knows each other from Facebook, it gives everybody a reason to kind of hang out. And that's, we had the best time doing the Kiss Room from that room. Everybody that came walking up, talking to them, interviewing them. It was great. Super fun. So always great to be part of. I mean, really... Uh, you know, just a blast. So, so you'll let us know that we want the exclusive dates. Exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> when, when you, now that's a good old school reference right there. When uh, when you announce that, do it on the kisser. I'll, I'll, absolutely, I'll let you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, again, it just depends. It, it's coming real clear recently when the last day is going to be. So, uh, you know, I've tentative. 
tentative date set up with the hotel because you have to, you know, book a year in advance to get something in Jersey. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Um, Would you look at the same venue again? Oh, absolutely. That was the best venue ever. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, where the bar was, the way the circulation was. And, and we have room to expand, and we're going to expand. We're inviting. It's not just going to be KISS members. It's going to be KISS and friends. Like, you know, last time we had, uh, you know, Lita Ford and right. people like uh, guys from uh, – uh, uh, Punky Meadows was oh, there. Oh, and then you had Twisted. You know that's right. Grand. That was actually J- 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 the last French one. And, yeah, you know. In my yeah, mind, I was thinking of the one before that. The I was thinking of the one. Yeah, before the one right that. before. Right. So they had, that last one was great too. We were set up in there, and people just came walking by. And at that point, they had just announced "End of the Road" because that was I was asking everybody that would walk up, like, "What does the words "End of the Road" mean to you?" And everybody had different takes on it, which is I think one of the most fascinating. Like now, I think Paul announced in some interview, "Well, the end will definitely be 2023." And you go like, "Okay, you know, it's, I keep saying the end of the road really is a cul-de-sac. It's just going to keep going around in a circle." But the uh, you know that was great. Like Lita Ford was. There hanging out, and uh, everybody was, was so playing, cool. you know. And it, it was just, and it's funny because now we were just talking about a live 75. I went right from the expo over to East Stroudsburg that night and did the same thing at the Alive 75 show. That was a blast that night. So that was, I think, was December, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the only, that was the only Christmas themed. Christmas themed, th- right. That's the only Christmas themed uh, KISS convention you'll ever see. Because first of all, December is a terrible time to put on any type of convention. <laughs> right. Even though it was insanely uh, successful because Ace, as you remember, played his, the, the one and only time Ace ever played his entire solo album front to back live was at My <sighs> Kiss Expo. That was so cool. He mm. hasn't done it since and he hasn't, doesn't seem like he's going to. Um, but it's just the day, you know, it's so hard to get a venue in Jersey. That's the only thing that was available, and we decided to go for it. I'm glad we did, because it turned out good. You know, that's actually, I talked earlier about, you know, Gene Simmons signing well, this that or that. was the first time That was, I was just going to say, was where Ace signed my Montco poster, and it was complete. All four, all four original members. So Why well, drug you in <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah. Well, that was the funny. I'm over there recording all the Kiss stuff, and Bobby says, come on, we're going right now. And I go in with the poster, and... You know, it's funny because we talk about, you know, where people sign it. Like, you know, when when Paul signed, he was in a hurry and he just signed Paul Stanley. And then Gene really looked at the poster and he looked at all the dates and he was really studying that. And like I said, then Peter was the one who really commented on his makeup. Ace just says, where do you want me to sign it? <laughs> yeah. Right well, come, on, come on, come on. Hey, guys. <laughs> But yeah, that was such a blast. That was such a great time. And I think at this point, that's really one of the most fun parts is you just get to meet up with everybody that, you know, look, shout out to everybody who's going on the Kiss Cruise, the big family reunion. I hope that you all stay very healthy. Maybe you're even listening to this issue of the Kiss Room as you're flying into Florida. You're getting ready to get on the cruise. I hope you have the best time ever. No sniffles, just everybody having a good time. Wear your mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you ever go on the Kiss Cruise? Yeah, I've been on it five times. Wow. I'm not going on this next one, and I wasn't even before COVID started, but um, I had, uh, I don't know, it seemed like the first several, I, I just, there's always something come, a wedding or some family thing that I just couldn't yeah, make it. But right. The first time I went, it was like so much better than I thought it was. It was so much fun. And that, that's kind of what we want our expo to be like. It's like a kiss yeah. cruise on la- like a land cruise, right. what, what it is. And uh, and basically, you know, the the kiss cruise has little face cl- Facebook uh, groups that they come and they have their own parties within the 
um, in the expo, and we have rooms just for them, and the bar uh, just for the the, the bar uh, hotel. The hotel told us they said we were very happy with the bar bill. <laughs> of course, yeah. and that's because uh, you know Kiss fans are very social, and going to the you know you get your merchandise, you get to meet. Uh, all the and celebrities like and then you get to <laughs> hang out with your friends all night and people are up real late it's it's just oh, like the perfect yeah. venue it was so much fun <laughs> yeah that next day hurt i mean it's, that's the thing i even i love that idea because i'm not really a cruise kind of guy but like you said if you have it at a nice hotel you go you meet up with everybody it's a blast and it was three it was three days too yeah. like it was the only people had tried to do two-day kiss expos before and it didn't work because Again, like you said, it was just uh, merchandise. First day, all the merchandise is gone. Second day, nobody's buying anything. <laughs> right. Nobody, people just want to go home. But we did three days, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. And each day, if it was a convention on its own, it would have been a raging success. It was just, uh, I was floored. Like, uh, again, working with Keith LaRue, we brought in some new ideas. And uh, we really, uh, we kind of changed the way it worked. And it, it was three full days of fun. It was great. And obviously, shout out to Keith. Keith shares live videos from almost every Kiss yeah. show. It's Great why job. social media exists, is the fact that I can sit at home and watch a clip. Here's Black Diamond or here's God of Thunder. And you're just like, oh, it's and it's from right in the front in the pit. He's sharing off the best things. It's fantastic. So, mm -hmm. so shout out, obviously, to Keith LaRue and shout out to the guys in the, the Talisman who keep sharing Ace videos. Let's us all live vicariously through your journeys. It's great fun. And look, we're running up to the top of the hour. You got seriously Zappa coming on at five o'clock. So we're gonna roll things out. You know, any kind of last minute words, Peter? How do we want to wrap things up? Man, I really needed this. I mean, I uh, seeing you guys is so great I'm, I've wanted to come back here for the last couple of years and it's uh, such a beautiful campus you got the a beautiful studio and you guys are always great to hang out with so I this is this is great for me thanks so much you know absolutely I'm glad you can make it down it's so much fun I mean it's funny Fridays just even to pull the curtain back a little bit the the amount of students on campus right now is probably about somewhere at about a quarter to a half because a lot of the classes are still remote except for our classes because of course it's people want to get in the recording studio and things like that so there was a lot of students but but on a friday afternoon you know like this it's pretty much a ghost town so we have the place to ourselves and we can do the kiss i gotta share that with you so uh ryan uh they're doing their sound check right now and uh they're doing ace Frehley's band is doing Someone get me a doctor. What? By Van Halen as a sound check. You know, look, those guys really live in the dream. And I know Ryan was on the uh, Metal Summit with you, Bobby, which people could tune into live every Wednesday, 9 o'clock via Facebook. Great fun. You can interact. You can ask questions to their guests. You can hear Bobby make inappropriate jokes. You can probably see Psycho Steve eat on the air. You know, it's great fun. Angel, Jay, great show. Anything you want to plug? You got your uh, you got your show. I just gave it a plug. I got the show. We got that coming up. Uh, what the heck else do I got coming up? Okay, so uh, I got the Monkees coming up. Monkees concert. Uh, what else? Shout uh, out to John Billings, bass player for the Monkees. And yes. he was a guest on our Rock and Pod episode. The other thing, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I, I have uh, the opportunity to see Genesis, but looks like there was a little bit of a problem. I, I mean, um, yeah, it doesn't look like Phil's doing too well. So Ooh. hopefully that tour will... Uh, continue on so we'll, we'll see what happens and uh, again uh, 
a shout out to Mitch Malloy. Shame you didn't call in today, but you know, I congratulations to he and Pete Thorne doing the Van Halen experience. Uh, Fran Galante, big. I know you got some big shoes to wear, but he's stepping in for the guitar part with Romeo Delight soon. So looking forward to that. Fran and Jerry, I'll tell you, shout out to those guys. I was so thrilled. Like I said, I saw Peter at the drive-in movie theater and I saw Fran and Jerry. I had not seen them in such a long time. You know, Marcy and the girls and everybody that was there, we had the best time. It was such a fun night. So we got to do more fun things like that. I'm going to wrap it up by saying I hope you all have a happy Halloween. Have the best time ever. Stay Ooh. healthy. Stay happy. And if it's Halloween, you got to have fun. And you can come back again with us next month. In the meantime, you got two pieces of homework. Tell us, where do you envision that guy is? You know, in the start of Detroit Rock City, we had a bunch of different explanations ourselves. And I want you to, if you're a musician, I want you to write a song for the Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 7. If you have any questions about that, feel free to contact me, whether it's via the Facebook group or on my own Facebook or however you send smoke signals out, I will get them. Have the best time ever. There's a lot of new shows here on Mako Radio. So obviously you can tune in for those that are happening live. Like I said, I really got to say to the end, happy Halloween. I love you all, people. And we'll be back next month right here in the Kiss Room. And I think I actually hit the wrong button because what I need to get is my, not that doorbell sound, but I actually need my outro. See how I was doing so well. And I'm going to go to the shorter version. That's number 15. This is what I wanted because we're going to wrap it up on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans! We love you! Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. last-minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations? No, but I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird. <laughs>